Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 achievers growing our lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. So you have a VIP section in your life. But what most people don't know is that you made the guest list. You're the only bouncer. And if you don't put up the rope, anyone comes in and feels entitled to your sunshine, your bandwidth, your energy, your time. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of Light Pink, best-selling author, three-time fitness world champion, and I'm a crazy multi-passionate entrepreneur. My journey has taken me everywhere from being a broke waitress, barista, retails associate, and personal trainer with massive anxiety and no belief in myself to later becoming a multi-millionaire in love with my life. In 2007, my husband and I lost everything. We found ourselves hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt 
at rock bottom. We had no ideas and I had no education to fall back on. This is when I found personal development and learned everything I could about business, not by choice, but because I realized no one was coming to save me. The conversations on this podcast are going to let you know that you're not alone and that we all feel like we don't know what we're doing. We're going to give you the tools to help you face your fears, take action, start your business and grow those massive dreams that are keeping you up at night. It's time to create a life that you can't hide from and put so much on the line that your higher self is forced to come out. You're going to stop waiting for someone to approve of you and you're going to anoint yourself. Because I'm obsessed about building businesses that give women a platform, I want to feature you. So if you text the word podcast to 310-496-8363, you can get your questions answered on our Q&A segment along with a shout out. And if you rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, we're choosing someone every month to get coached and featured on our show. It just might be you. So let's get started. everyone. Welcome back to the show. Before we get into our epic guest talking about one of my favorite topics of all time, I want to remind you that if you've ever gotten value from the show, I would love to give you more value in the form of our holiday gift guide. When I tell you that we put three months into this thing, you will see why when you go and look at it. But truly, we wanted to get you exclusive discounts to some of my favorite things on the planet, things that like I use every single day and change my life. So definitely go to the show notes. You can go download that link to get the holiday gift guide with exclusive discounts and a three-month membership to one of the best memberships ever. Powerhouse women, you guys are going to love what you get in that community. If you're feeling lonely, if you feel like you have something inside of you that you want to start, you absolutely don't want to miss that. And that is inside of the gift guide. So go download that now, link in show notes, or you can go to at drinklightpink on Instagram. Give us a follow. That'd be great. And then go download the link in the bio. By the way, how are you? We're coming up on the holidays, 2021. My birthday is coming up. Oh, actually, it's today, the day that this airs. And it's always a time for me that I start to just really think about life and really just go inward and also get really grateful and look at what I've done. Am I on the path that I want to be on? And this is a time for me where there are a lot of shifts and changes because as much as I love my life, I definitely feel like I wanted to do a complete U-turn. So a lot of you can see that with the direction that I'm taking with light pink, also the direction that I'm taking with wanting to start a family and wanting to live in two different places, which is amazing and also a really huge shift. So working out all of these different things and figuring out what that's going to look like. And I just wanted to take a second to ask truly how you are and to ask yourself how you are and if you are on the path that you want to be on. Because at any given freaking time, you can change it. And no matter what anybody says, no matter what it looks like to anyone else, that is up to you what you want for your life to take that wheel back over and put it in the direction that you want. Just point it. 
it's amazing what happens when you just start to look in the direction that you want to go instead of ignoring it or shoving it down. So introspective thoughts going into our podcast with my amazing guest, Terry Cole. We are talking all about boundaries today. She is a New York-based licensed psychotherapist, relationship expert, and founder of Real Love Revolution Boundary Bootcamp. How cool is that name? And the co-founder of Crushing Codependency. Her female empowerment courses reach women in 90 countries. Her approach combines the best of practical psychology and Eastern mindfulness practices. She has a gift for making complex psychological concepts accessible and then actionable so that clients and students achieve sustainable change, which equals true transition. She has incredible stats that she has accomplished. She has been an incredible TEDx speaker. She's also been on A&E's Monster in Law. She's been on Hay House Radio, The Daily Love, Well and Good, Huffington Post. You guys, her info expands across so many different modalities. Her latest book, Boundary Boss, which I own and I love, The Essential Guide to Talk True, Be Seen, and Finally Live, free. She is sharing specific skills to help you out in your boundary behaviors that don't serve you. So you guys, let's get started. I can't talk about boundaries enough because boundaries equal freedom. And boundaries are the thing that are going to help you create that dream life and get back into alignment so that you can stop doing the things that you don't love and having your life go down a path that you hate and turning that ship around. It's definitely something I'm practicing so much right now. So let's get started. Terry, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks so much for having me, Laura. Okay, so I was just telling you that this is one of my favorite topics to talk about because it really is infused through everything. And you guys, we're going to tell you what that is in one second. But when the information on you had come through and when I just like looked through everything, I was giddy to chat about this. And I know that you have this epic book all about boundaries. You guys, this is going to be a really good topic because sometimes whether you know it or not, boundaries can be one of the main things that you need and they can be completely disguised as other things. So this is going to be really fun. So Terry, I would love for anyone who may not be familiar yet, which you should be, but if you're not yet, if you would just share a little bit about your journey and how you started doing what you're doing. So I actually was a talent agent negotiating contracts for supermodels and celebrities for a bunch of years. While I was on my own personal journey of self-empowerment and realizations. And I got to a point where I was really kind of at, you know, my father considered that I was at the height of my career and decided to go back to grad school. So I went to NYU to become a psychotherapist because I had gotten to the point where I really was like, there's got to be something more impactful for me that I can be contributing to the world than making, you know, supermodels richer. And hey, I'm not hating on supermodels. I love them. But it just felt like there had to be more. Mm -hmm. And it was really my own psychological and emotional journey towards more empowerment and more health and more honesty and more authenticity Mm. that inspired me to be like, I couldn't even believe what therapy did for my life. Like, and I was like, why isn't everyone in therapy? It's the most amazing thing. (laughs) So in the end of my career in entertainment, I really did not care about the movie deal or the Pantene contract. I got to a point where I was 
completely interested and invested in the mental health of my clients, getting people into rehab, eating disorder clinics, therapy. I was like, you need to get out of here before you start really sucking at your job. Mm. And so I went back to school, became a psychotherapist. And that was almost 25 years ago. Where did the theme of boundaries start to show up in your life that you became so passionate that you were like, there's got to be a book on this? Well, I actually was definitely a boundary disaster. So for much of my 20s, for sure, probably into my early 30s. And I didn't realize at the time what it was. And I got into therapy early. And even then, it took a long time because, as you said very astutely at the top, boundary issues and challenges can present as all these other things. There's so many layers Mm. to our boundary knowledge and understanding that it takes a bit to get to them. So in my own therapy journey, I really got to the point of realizing, oh my God, this is the thing that is missing. So Mm. I learned to talk true, as I say in the subtitle of the book. I learned to draw better boundaries, understand the difference between being loving and being codependent and all of these other things that were getting in the way of me being able to have healthy boundaries. And then when I became a therapist, I was like, wow, this is an epidemic. Yeah. That no matter who came into my office, no matter what their presenting problem might have been, I could connect the dysfunctional dots backwards to the lack of this incredibly important skill set that literally, Lori, nobody teaches us, like not in school, not at home. And as women, if you were raised as a woman, we were particularly given bad intel. Mm. So we were raised and praised for being self-abandoning codependents. So it isn't even like my clients would be mad, like, why don't I know this? I'm just weak. How am I in the same situation or being very self-recriminating? And I would be like, how could you know what not only did nobody teach you, but that we sort of got the opposite. If you had boundaries, if you spoke up, because really, what were the messages in your childhood? Be a good girl. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Turn that frown around. Where's my happy girl? There was this, we were praised for being incredibly generous and self-sacrificing. That That's the reality. This meant, especially if you had a maternal impactor, so like a mother figure or a mother, who let's say had the disease to please or was a people mm-hmm. pleaser. Your parent doesn't have to like give you a memo on how to do it. We just watch and do. So there were so many reasons why my clients didn't have the skills. And I knew that I got them on my own through my own hard work. And that was the beginning of me really becoming positively obsessed with teaching as many human beings on planet earth as possible. And so I started a course about five years ago called Boundary Bootcamp. Mm -hmm. And that's where I really beta tested every single thing in the book. I did surveys before and after every single graduating class to learn. Does that really help? Maybe it doesn't. If it doesn't, take it out and don't put it in the book. So that's how I got here. Oh, so good. Okay. So I think I want to start with For anybody listening, what were some of the themes that you just kept seeing show up initially that you were like, this is a boundary problem? It was the first thing that pops in your head with something just reoccurring in someone's life that maybe it doesn't appear that way, but you know that it is. Uh, Saying yes when you really want to say no. Oh, yeah. Overgiving, overfunctioning, doing a crap ton of emotional labor, being in relationships that I call them repeating 
boundary realities where you're like, wow, different person, but same dysfunctional crap. How is this Mm. happening? So much of those are boundary issues. And something down to as simple as not sharing your preferences with the people in your life, being like, you know me, I'm easy breezy. Mm. No fuss, no muss. Like it's a badge of honor to have no opinion or to not want one thing over another. That the belief is our preferences are somehow a burden on the other person. So those are a couple that come to mind. Oh, so good. Right when you said that last one too, I mean, I can identify with every single one of them. I'm sure everyone on here can for the most part. But that last one that you had mentioned just reminds me so much of when I was in my just even late teens, early twenties, when you start, you know, really dating. And I remember just wanting to be the cool girl, which meant that wound me up with the worst guys. Cause I had no, everything was fine and no yep. opinion on anything. Oh, that didn't bother me. Even though internally I was like turning into a jealous, raging freak, you know? So yeah, that but, one took know, a little while for me. <laughs> and saying things like, it's all good. Yep. You know me, I'm easy. So I'm always suspect. If I have someone who is always convincing themselves, it's all good. I cannot stop myself from saying, but is it like, (laughs) why, why does it all have to be good? That's Mm. not life. It's literally saying, don't consider me. Don't worry about me. I'm not going to require you to put in a lot of effort. I'm going to do a lot of work. And what does that say about value and about worthiness and about, aren't we worth aren't we worth it? Aren't we worth someone going out of their way or caring what we, we want? The way that I break down boundaries to make it as digestible as possible, because I think that there's a lot of confusion and that it can be very heady and seem very overwhelming, like, oh, there's so many things, but really there's not. So you can look at them. I mean, one way of describing it, it's like your, your personal rules of engagement, Mm. the way it's okay to interact with you and the way that it's not. If we visualize a house that has like a white fence around it, that's an obvious boundary. If there's a sign that says no trespassing, you know, trespassers will be whatever, you're going to get in trouble. We go, oh, don't step over that boundary because if so, there will be this consequence. Mm. Personal boundaries, a little different because they're invisible, because they're individual to each person, and because they change as we grow. Mm -hmm. But they're really there to deepen our relationships and to protect our self-esteem, right? To protect our ability to relate to ourselves in a high way. Because if we allow people, anyone to just do what they want, but more basic than that, it's you personally, let's say you, Lori, knowing Mm -hmm. your preferences, your desires, your limits and your deal breakers, and then having the ability to communicate them with ease when you so choose. That's them, just your desires, your preferences, your limits and your deal breakers, because we all really know them. We just don't think about them because we're making everything okay. A lot of people, and listen, disordered boundaries come in lots of flavors. That's one where your boundaries are too porous right? Too malleable. They can also be too rigid. And I I actually have this great boundary quiz. It's just 13 questions long. It's just boundaryquiz.com if you want to take it. Mm. And it gives you, there's like seven archetypes to show you where, when you're out of balance, how does that look in your boundaries? How does that show up in your boundaries? I have to remind you that hiring 
is scaling. So if you're feeling like you are ready to scale your business and you are trying to do it yourself, there is no way to grow to where you want to go without hiring good people, maybe even people better than you. You know, on this podcast, we talk about that all the time. If you want to grow and grow fast, you need to hire people better than you. And I will tell you that Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you what you really, really want. A short list of quality candidates as fast as possible because you can do it all there. Attract, interview, and hire all at Indeed. It's unbelievably powerful hiring partner where you can truly do everything all in one spot. So don't struggle on your own to find quality candidates. I'm telling you, it's an entire job in and of itself, just trying to learn how to do it right. When Indeed can help you hire the right people now. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process so you can find talent with the skills you need through tools like Indeed Instant Match assessments and virtual interviews. I absolutely love how it helps walk you through the entire process and so easy to navigate and learn. Thanks to Indeed's virtual interviews, you can message, schedule, and interview top talent seamlessly all in one place with Indeed. No need to install anything extra. Indeed's virtual interviews work from your browser. Interview virtually with no downloads, plugins, or purchases. You can do it all in one place. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash happy. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash happy. Indeed.com slash happy. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I definitely was the person who didn't have any boundaries and it was showing up just emotionally and physically like never comfortable ever in my body and always feeling like I was disowning my own self and voice and authentic self. And it can make you feel quite crazy. And it can, if I'm trying to think of when I really did not have any boundaries, I was so resentful of everyone. (laughs) Like so angry with people just, and it was all from me, you know, saying yes and not being willing to speak my voice or my truth. And it was out of a lot of fear. So I'd love to chat around that is, if I go back to thinking what it was, it was just so much fear of not fitting in or being liked or thinking that, or having people think that I was selfish or being talked about. That was really huge for me. So how do we start dealing with this? Cause some people might be sweating right now when they're like, Oh God, I'm going to learn how to set this boundary that I know I need to have with my mother-in-law or my mm-hmm. mom or whatever, sister, friend, job, boss, work, all the things. <laughs> so how do we start coping with the first thing that pops up, which is the fear? Well, you made a great point in saying you recognized that you were filled mm-hmm. with resentment. So when people say to me, I don't even know my boundaries. I don't know where they're bad. I don't know where they're good. I always say, but you do because mm-hmm. you can quickly do a resentment inventory. And I promise you that every point that you stop at where you're like, I really resent my sister right now you know why. And we will be able to really identify, probably there's a need that's going unmet. We know that. But most likely it's a boundary issue. It's something you either haven't said, you haven't spoken up, you haven't told the truth about something, you haven't made a simple request about something, as I call it. It's like there's, that creates feelings. And the fact that your level of resentment sort of pushed you to make changes for a lot of people, they want to make those changes, but they don't know how. So let's just start with 
stopping the auto yes is a really gentle and kind of simple place to start. If you're someone who feels compelled to give an auto yes to others when they ask you to do things, we're just going to do like 48 hours where you cannot agree to anything. I mean, unless it's like being on Oprah or something, but like that, you know, you want to do, but no, no immediate answers because this does two things for us. We buy time to think about what we want, to make a mindful choice. Sometimes we say yes to things that we don't want to do out of devotion, out of love. Our partner really wants to do it. If it's a mindful saying yes, when you'd really rather say no, that's not a boundary issue. That's being in a long-term relationship, right? (laughs) So we're getting clear that those Mm -hmm. things are not the same. The auto yes and any automatic reaction Someone wants something from you. You immediately feel compelled to be like, yes, okay, I'll do it. We're not doing that. When you buy time, you think about it. You can come back and then I'll give you a couple of things you can say if you know that it's a no. So in the moment when the person's like, so are you in for Sunday? You can say, thank you so much for thinking of me. I need to check my calendar. I I appreciate you, you know, me being on your mind and I don't know. You can also say, hey, I have a 24-hour decision-making policy, so I'll let you know tomorrow. You could straight up just tell people, I don't make instant decisions. When someone says to me, but I need to know now, I'll say, then it needs to be no. Mm. Because I need time. And I don't care what it is. I don't make an instant decision because I haven't thought about it. If the house is not on fire, you actually don't need an answer now. You just want one, which is not the same. So Mm. poor planning on your part does not constitute an emergency for me. So allow yourself time. So you have a couple of things you'll say, even just maybe is okay. Or I'd love to think about it. Let me get back to you tomorrow or Wednesday or whenever you want to get back. And then when you come back, if you know it's a no, you can, again, we can always start it and be pleasant. We can always be kind unless a little more heat is required because of the situation. Great. We can do that too. But I I just want to like bust the myth that having boundaries has anything to do with being caustic or mean or rejecting or unfeminine or all these things. Like it's gotten this bad rap, which is just not true. You can do it with ease, grace, kindness, and when appropriate love every time, once you learn the process and you can. So let's say you're going to go back and say, no, you can go back and say, Betty, thank you so much for thinking of me. We can't make it on Sunday. When we tell Betty we can't make it on Sunday, I want everyone to be super clear that we don't need to write a dissertation about our no. Mm. We don't even need to give a friggin' reason. Because you know what? Sometimes I just don't want to. Mm -hmm. And why isn't what I want? Listen, if it's a VIP in my life, again, of course we make concessions. And if my husband really wants to do something, I really like him. And I really am invested in his happiness. And if it'll make him happy, I'll do it. Usually whatever the thing is. But what we're really talking about with disordered boundaries is we're talking about really having no delineation between high priority people and lower priority people. So you have a VIP section in your life. But what most people don't know is that you made the guest list. You're the only bouncer. And if you don't put up the rope, Anyone comes in and feels entitled to your sunshine, your bandwidth, your energy, your time. And we have not deterred them by not being honest about how we feel. I mean, I start the book basically saying I was a bridesmaid eight times in my 20s. 
And four of those ugly dress experiences, I should have politely declined. I couldn't even believe the person asked me. They're like, you're like my best friend. I was like, oh my God, I wouldn't even have invited you to a housewarming party. How could I possibly be your best friend? But I felt like embarrassed, ashamed, ungrateful. They had chosen me for this important thing. And I was like, "Uh, okay, I guess I would not do that now. But you know, I was 25. You don't know. But those are painful experiences that, you know, the gift that just kept taking Because then you're going to bachelorette parties and you're paying for ugly dresses and you're going to dinners and you're doing all Mm -hmm. this crap you really don't want to do. So did I make whatever point I was making? Yes. And then some, (laughs) and I loved every single word of it. So, okay. I love this. So let's go back to doing the work around after you say the no without explaining, because I've Mm -hmm. had that like free falling backwards. Like somebody please help me. Did I make them feel bad? Oh my God. What if they're, what are they thinking now? Like doing the work around letting it be okay with whatever they think on the other side to help me. (laughs) Yes. I'm going to help you right now. Anytime you think or say, I don't want them to think, Mm -hmm. I don't want them to feel I want you to realize you're not on your side of the street. So Mm -hmm. I'll ask you to back up and get back to your side of the street, because here's the thing. We only have control over what we say, what we think. We can process what we feel, but we cannot control that. And that desire is a really codependent desire. If we think about what codependency is, Right. It is being overly invested in the feeling states, the outcomes, the circumstances of the people in your life to the detriment of your internal peace or your financial, physical well-being. Because, listen, we're all invested in the happiness of the people we care about. Mm -hmm. Codependency means... And if you are listening and you're like, I'm not sure, maybe, but that's just being nice or I'm just a lover like that. If your best friend comes to you and she's in a jam... And she has a situation. Right now, I want you to check your urgency. Did you suddenly get really activated? Did you suddenly start Googling things for your bestie to do? Do you have ideas? Are you giving advice? Did her problem inside, like emotionally, literally just become yours to fix? If the answer to that is yes, then you know that that's a codependent response. And that is just inherent in that is just disordered boundaries and overstepping your boundary. Because here's the thing, your heart may be in the right place, but true talk, you don't know what your friend needs to do. Uh Like you actually don't. Uh And your friends don't know what you need to do. A more, a healthier response is, how can I best support you right now? Uh What do you think you should do? What is your gut Tell me more about the situation. Let's suss it out if they want to brainstorm it, let's say, rather than because my younger self, I mean, I was immediately jumping to solutions and taking it on, not just like I have a thought, but like I called four people. I sent out three emails. I I like I'm taking action on your behalf. You haven't really asked me to, but I was so anxious about their life being a dumpster fire in this moment that I just wanted it to stop Mm. so that I could retain my inner peace. So their situation, when you're codependent, heavily impacts how you feel. And I felt like I was a bad sister because I wasn't going to save this one or a bad friend, like in the beginning. So really longest way possible around the barn. Back to your question of like, what do we do 
with the feeling. If we have said no, let's say, or set a limit or you know, set a boundary that someone else didn't like, what do we do mm. with those feelings? Because we're going to be uncomfortable. So in the book, I teach you that, of course, you're going to be uncomfortable because it's new and we don't want people to be mad at us and we love them and it's scary. But we just commit to not taking anything back for 48 hours. Just the desire to take action, to soothe our anxiety. We just want to do something because it will, actually, it will discharge anxiety, but it will keep a dysfunctional pattern going. And so it really is, will take more strength to do nothing. Because let's say your friend says, you know, Lori, I'm really bummed because you said you would do this thing on Sunday and now you changed your mind. I'm really bummed. You can say, I see that and I'm really sorry that you're bummed. And yet I really know my limits and I really can't do Sunday. And I still love you and I'm sorry that you're disappointed. I see that you are, but I have to do what I know is best for me because I have this huge thing on Monday and there's no way I'm going to have enough time to do them both. So I'm sorry, I miscalculated and I know you're disappointed, but we can not do the thing on Sunday and then mess up the thing on Monday that we have going on. But it's hard for us to have those conversations. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. So the very beginning and the way that I walk you through it in the book, because it's a book and a workbook all in one kind of, is everything are small steps. We start with low priority people. If you get the wrong meal, send it back Mm -hmm. nicely. Let's stop being more concerned about the way the waitress feels than we do about getting what we ordered. You can do it with ease, with kindness, with humor. But what I find with my clients is that they'd be like, oh no, I'm just eating it, it's fine. I can't, I I don't want to get her in trouble. I don't want to, so maybe that's not a good example, but talking about being out in the world and it's easy, it's going to be easier to do it with your hairdresser than it is with your Mm mother-in-law. So we always start with sort of lower priority people being very mindful and every single chapter has mindfulness exercises to bring to mind how often do you, are you an auto advice giver, right? How often do you say yes when you want to say no or make up excuses for other people's bad behavior so we can avoid a boundary conversation, right? Do you ever do that? Somebody acts really badly and you're like, you know, but I know it's the fourth quarter and they're always really stressed at this time of year. So, all right, they blew up, but I don't, they really didn't mean it. It's not a big deal. Just setting yourself up for more blowups in the fourth quarter. All right, it's a crazy time of year. You're busy. You're making yourself busier with the holidays on top of a crazy schedule. That feels insane. I know because I'm in the same spot as you and you'll find me walking around my house talking to myself saying, Lori, go drink water, take care of you. If you don't feel good, it's probably because you haven't had enough water and it's cold out. You guys, that means we're probably dehydrated. And one of the first signs of dehydration is hunger and fatigue. So go drink your water right now. Put a stick of liquid IV in because it contains five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than an orange, and as much potassium as a banana. It has the optimal ratio of glucose, sodium, and potassium, delivers water and nutrients into your bloodstream. It's the perfect balance 
to help you hydrate more quickly and effectively than water alone. So go grab your favorite Liquid IV flavors nationwide at Walmart, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code HAPPY at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you get better hydration today using promo code HAPPY at liquidiv.com. Go drink your water. I promise you, you're going to feel better. Put a stick of Liquid IV in there. You're going to thank me because it tastes better and it's going to make you drink more. Let's get back to the show. So that was one of the motivators when I started setting boundaries was this familiar pattern of knowing that if I didn't do something, it just would repeat itself over (laughs) and over and over again. And I just saw it literally everywhere. And I was like, something's got to give because it's like I woke up one day and I literally felt like I wasn't living my own life. Like it was just, you know, you're at the beck and call of every single person. And basically hating them all kind of hating secretly, them like, all. like low key, low key, hating them all. For sure. High key, <laughs> hating them all. For <laughs> But now, and so I think of that too. I'm like, if I really loved this person, I would have a boundary. And that's how I can show them that I love them is by having a boundary so that I can allow myself to love them. And it's that realization too, that it's not their fault if I'm not saying how I feel. You're so right though. Can I just say about the love thing that you're so right that it is quote unquote easier in the short run not to have these conversations. It's Mm -hmm. more courageous, takes more energy, but it really is love. Because when you think about it, if we continue in our life to say yes, when we want to say no, A, our yes can't be trusted. Because either we do it resentfully, we bail out in the last minute. Wow, I suddenly got a migraine because I knew I never wanted to do that thing from the beginning. Mm. You know, this creates conflicts too. But also people know, I can name my friends right now, I won't, but I could, who are yes people who are like, yeah, sounds great, sounds great. And if I say to my husband, Vic, like, oh, so-and-so said they're in for whatever. He's like, okay, and what does that mean? I'm like, 50% chance she's going to be there. There's a 50% chance. (laughs) So that means your yes can't be trusted also means your no can't be trusted, which what does that mean? Emotionally, you kind of can't be trusted Mm -hmm. to tell the truth, to be honest. And the the biggest tragedy in all of this that I've seen, and I've seen many women who've had decades of this behavior, is that how can anyone authentically love you like for real if you never allow them to authentically know you? million percent. So true in friend groups and relationships, everything. Like I see it happen all the time in girlfriend groups. Cause I do a lot of work with women and friends and all of that type of stuff. And I see it always happen that there's a falling out somewhere because people are never speaking about their preferences or putting a boundary in place or, yep. Hey, when you show up late to every single call that we do or to every, you know, business thing that we have, or we, you know, they didn't have a contract in place or even amongst friends. It's like, it's a whole lot of people never speaking their mind or expectation or letting someone know where something went wrong. Do you see that more in women and friends? Now I know this isn't everyone, but I watch it very differently in my husband's friend groups. Like they speak differently, they operate different. I know this is not everyone, but this is what I've seen in my life. And then with women, I just noticed, especially I was born in the, or I was raised in the Midwest, which is just very like passive. And then we'll talk about you behind your back. But what do you see from women to men with kind of this like falling out of friends and relationships? I'm way more of a female empowerment expert. And most mm-hmm. of my experience has actually been 
women or gay men. And I think there's more similarities in those groups than there are women and straight men that I know of, where I do a lot of things in particular about female friendships and boundaries, Mm -hmm. because I think that you have hit the nail on the head, obviously with your experience, that it's really difficult to tell the truth. And we've been taught not to. And yet what we can't do is we're not powerful enough to stop what happens inside, how it changes our feelings inside. So we can choose to not talk about it, to not say, hey, Betty, when you're late, it really disrupts the meeting. Can you, I'd like to make a simple request that you really put in an effort to be on time. I know it's not your thing, but for this thing, I'd like you to make a special dispensation to work on being on time Mm. because it's distracting the rest of us. And my fear is that it's going to create a lot of resentment within the group, which I wouldn't want because it's such a great group. So saying that now, the onus is on Betty to get herself there on time rather than every person in the group waiting for Betty to be late. And she's going to be and looking at each other and being like, of course, tick tock, pointing at their watches and whatever. Like we almost come together around the dysfunction, Mm -hmm. but we've been taught that it's like rude to be direct or that it's mean. And you're like, what is meaner than talking about Betty behind her back? (laughs) So my feeling is you can change all of that if you have this, but I've seen it so much. And I've also seen women get to the point. I can't tell you how many speeches I've given and women will ask a question. They need to end a dysfunctional friendship. Mm -hmm. And I will literally say, So have you talked to them about what your issues are? And like, no, she's impossible. I can't. It's just going to be a total crap show. I can't do it. I'm like, okay. So you want help from me to literally kill the friendship. You would rather just write a goodbye text before have a conversation. And sometimes these are friendships for 15 years. And I'm like, I would invite you. How about we come up with some dialogue to have the conversation you really need to have? Because you know, we repeat what we do not repair. Right. That's a, a Christine, I think her name is Langlin O'Blau or something. Anyway, not my quote, but an amazing quote because it's so true. And you had said before, like you'd see these repeating patterns. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. So you can cut off from Betty. There'll be another Betty because you know who is the common denominator in all the relationships <laughs> and all the circumstances of your life? Mm-hmm. You. So wherever you go, there you'll be with your unresolved crap. Mm -hmm. And we can only talk it out or act it out. So if you're not talking it out, you're definitely acting it out because we don't have a choice as humans. We're not, we can't be like, I'm not going to let that affect me. Mm -hmm. No, it just went underground. It's still affecting you. It's just affecting you in this covert way that you don't even understand why you're so mad at the mailman when you're really mad at Betty. (laughs) But we're just displacing crap out of our aggression. You know what I mean? Oh my God. So true. Okay, so we're about to have the conversation with Betty. We have now seen where we need to have like the conversations. Maybe we started with kind of the low-hanging fruit, like you said, we're Mm -hmm. in practice. And now we've got this blaring one of this best friend for our whole life who is like, we're ready to send the goodbye text. But how do we start that conversation? Because I I don't know about you, but when somebody comes to you and they're like, we need to talk, like you're just like, what is this about? So how do we start that? It's so funny that you say that because I was going to say, I'll tell you what you don't do is say, we need to talk. It's the worst. Because I'm already scared. Like, yeah, I'm not literally. showing up to that, by the way. Oh my God. Like, 
never coming to that talk, quote unquote. Meeting, never. <laughs> I think that it's most impactful to be as neutral as possible. I teach you in the book to ha- how to create a proactive boundary success plan. Yes. So there's some steps that you take. One is you have to clearly identify what your problem is, right? You can't just be like, this friendship doesn't work anymore, bye. If you're thinking you want to actually perhaps heal the friendship or that if you told the truth, things could change enough that you might want to actually stay in the friendship. So I think we have to get really clear about what do I want? So Mm. in this scenario with Betty, what what does she want? Does she want to just end the friendship or does she actually want to tell her that she's sick of her not pulling her weight and not paying for things or whatever? We'll make up whatever her thing is. Ooh, I'm just going for the harder one. Well, I don't know if it's harder for everyone, but yeah, she wants to end the friendship. Okay. So this is my two cents on that. People will disagree. I don't care. I'm a therapist. I've got got my opinion. You know how people love to be like, you have to have all of the important conversations ever in person. Mm. You actually don't. So if you think you need to do it in person, that's your call. Do not do it in person. If this person is ever, ever been violent, drinks too much, is provocable in a way that might make a scene, embarrass you, throw something at you in public, like, you know who you're dealing with. And if you really are to the point of wanting to end a friendship, me personally, the likelihood that I'm going to want to meet them for a mocktail or anything is zero. So I think writing it is just fine. So you can say, hey, Betty, we've been friends for a long time and our friendship hasn't been healthy for a long time. We have grown apart. So I'm letting you know. And here's the thing. You only need to do a Dear Betty letter if Betty is like trying to pursue this more close friendship or she wants something from you. Because what I'm I really find with my therapy clients is that we'll do something, which I call it an energetic hit list. Where let's say you really have outgrown Betty or she's become quite toxic. We're going to put her on the energetic hit list. Mm. And we're going to sort of cut cords with her emotionally energetically, wish her well, bless and release. And that may sound weird, but there's something very powerful about what we think and the way that we feel. And so much of the time, my clients who want to break up with other, with friends, they're the ones who are keeping it going out of guilt. They were the one who always reached out. So they're giving mixed signals to the person that they really would like to terminate a friendship with. Mm. So I always say, listen, starting right now, stop doing any work in the friendship. If it's not one that you, well, she'll be mad if I don't reach out. Okay, no. See, you're in a dysfunctional relationship where it's totally codependent that you're anticipating her reaction or her response. And also we want, at least ourselves, we need to be acting within our own integrity, aligned with our goals. So if we don't want to be close to Betty, we should stop reaching out to her and asking her how her Sunday dinner was, right? Mm -hmm. That makes sense because those things are confusing. So my feeling is we do the energetic hit list so that we're being clear in our mind. And then if you have to have the conversation, Mm. you can tell the truth. We've grown apart and I find the friendship is more stressful and I feel like we're harming each other rather than being sisters or being girlfriends. And I love what we've shared. And I believe that that's over. Mm. I wish you the very best. Anything around, because especially let's just, well, if you're on the phone and you are having the conversation Mm -hmm. and sometimes you're getting that hit to like, just say, oh, it's, 
sometimes when you, you know, when you're in person or when you're talking to someone that you've had this lifelong relationship with, you can get sucked back in, in that moment and be like, maybe it's not that bad. Are there any things that you say to yourself or set the intention to make sure that you follow through with the outcome that you desire? When you do the steps of the proactive Mm -hmm. boundary success plan, we're we're really hitting that stuff first. So you're not going to be having a conversation with this person on a whim. You've thought about it. You've looked at your past interactions with them. Because a lot of women, they're like, I tried defriending her before and it didn't work. I'm like, it didn't work because you didn't stick with it. And we literally, we are the keepers of our time. And besides money, what else, what is the most valuable you know, coin you're ever going to spend is your time. Mm-hmm. This is the thing that we have a limited amount of. I mean, and money too, for some people, but time is really important. So you have to value it. In the moment, you might feel nostalgic. You're going to have mixed feelings because the lifelong friendship, there was a time. I call it the historical handcuffs. Because it's like we stay in these relationships that we may, we wouldn't choose now. And if they're distant and not negatively impacting your life, then there's really no need to have a Dear Betty letter, right? We don't need to. Mm-hmm. But if the person really wants more from you than you want, if they're like, we, why don't we go on a couple's vacation together? Or like things where you're like, P.S. never, I'm never wanting to do that. Then you know, she's clueless. That person does not know how you feel. And you can just say that the friendship doesn't work for me anymore. And I wish you well. I will remember all of the good times and I wish you well, but I don't have the bandwidth and we've grown apart. That's it. And you don't have to give any reasons, but you do need to, for yourself, like giving context and convincing, let's just be clear about the difference between those two things. I think what I just said was giving context. These are the reasons why I no longer want to put in the amount of effort that you would like me to put into this relationship. Convincing someone is like needing them to get on board Mm. with your reasons and thinking that you have sound reasons for doing what you're doing. We don't need anyone's permission to make the decisions that we need to make in this life. And that friend can cheek and twist it and say, you're like this, or you're like that. Mm -hmm. The reality is, you know, the truth within you. And most old friendships, let's just say, unless the person has a drug or a drinking problem or generally speaking, they will fade away. If you put that person on your energetic hit list and just send them love, but like bless and release, cut the Mm. cords, see them sort of moving on because you probably both already have moved on in a way, but they don't want to. You'd be shocked at how much of the time that makes a difference because it's our energy that is also keeping the person close to us if we're keeping, you know, business as usual, even though we don't feel that way. I think that some of the biggest challenges are just what happens afterward. And it's also so freeing on the other side. So, uh, you know, if, if some of you are listening and you're on that front end of that, what feels often like a tidal wave on the other side, it is just pure freedom and calm and peace. But it does take a while. Like you said, like it takes so much practice because I definitely in my mid twenties had some falling out with some people where I spoke really clearly, like ended up, these were my first like boundary conversations. And it was like a couple years of dealing with just some backlash of what their thoughts and opinions and, you know, whatever that was. And that's really hard to live with. And that's hard to not want to go back and kind of like feel like you need to protect your reputation Mm -hmm. or 
and just sit and allow it. But I, I will say that I did a lot of work around that. There was a lot. Of, and I know in your book probably has so many incredible tools mm-hmm. to work through that. And but I will say that I feel like taking the energy away from it. Even now, it has been like, they may still feel that way. But for the most part, it almost feels like everything is dissolved. And they're not doing anything crazy. I feel great peace with it. Yeah. And how they feel, you know, Laura, part of it is that it's also dialing back into people are coming from their own projections all the time. You know, Don Miguel Ruiz says in the four agreements, like one of them is, you know, people are, I used to say, coming from their own nightmare because that is kind of what it is. Mm -hmm. It's like they've got their own lens. And so they've had their own experience. It's just like why I don't think that taking advice from friends is always the greatest. Having friends support you is always the greatest. But unless your friend can really separate your friend who just got divorced and you're having an argument with your spouse, they're going to immediately be like, because their husband cheated. Like, I don't know. I mean, listen, I I never expected Bob to do it. So could be, you know, you're like, please Mm -hmm. stop projecting (laughs) your infidelity Mm -hmm. onto my marriage. Yeah. So I think that what other people think and why they think it so much of the time really has nothing to do with us, even if it's directly pointed at us, because they've interpreted it through the lens of their life experience and their wounds and their injuries. And so I'm really big in my own life on blessing and releasing. If my heart was in the right place, if I did the best I could with what my consciousness I had at the time, I have to expect that that is good enough. And if they're holding on to it, that is their side of the street. If they want to talk about it, they can approach me. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. But when I question, like I wonder what they're thinking, the moment my mind goes there at all, I immediately snap myself back into Mm. get back on your own side of the street. Because what other people think of you is none of your friggin' business because 98% of it has nothing to do with you. And if you know you did something wrong, make amends, right? This is what healthy guilt is about, right? Mm -hmm. Guilt says, I think I did something wrong. Shame says, I think I am monumentally something wrong, right? They're two different things. But it's okay to feel guilty, but not the way that people do when they set boundaries. They feel so much guilt initially, if you haven't been a boundary setter, if you haven't been a limit setter, that you are so worried and you feel so bad, especially if it's with a maternal impactor, a mother, a father, siblings, family of origin, man. I mean, these are the people we've been doing this dance with the longest. They're like the original, they're the OG dance troupe of our dysfunctional boundaries. So yeah, (laughs) we go back there and it's like, you might be super evolved on the outside, go home for more than four days. And you're like, am I in sixth grade? Like what is happening oh girl, right now? I am at home and it's been two weeks. So I can actually just hold up conversations right now. And I love them and they know. So I am, it's so funny you say that with business, with friends, I am like the queen. So clear. Like I feel so proud of myself. I feel so clear energetic wise, just smooth, smooth sailing. I can handle what comes my way. Family right now, I literally don't know. And I hear this sentence as I'm saying it, like, I just feel like I can't please anyone by trying to please everyone by Mm -hmm. seeing everyone the right amount of time. And I'm sure they know this because I kind of talk about it, but I think there's also some conversations there that need to be had. And I will fully admit I'm making up conversations in my head right now 
that they're probably not even thinking, even though I think I think, you know, then you go down that rabbit hole. So, so yes, absolutely. You go home and you're, we're here like the whole month, maybe two. So, (laughs) right. That's so we got to get to talking true. Yeah. Asking questions, right. Mm. Like instead of when, when I feel like I've got like a conversation that I made up in my mind about someone, I will just say, Hey, is everything okay? Mm. You seem a little angry. I'm not sure. It could be me. And so I have to be honest and say seven times out of 10, Mm. it could inspire them to say what they couldn't to say, well, I did think that you would make the Friday night thing at Betty's house. And and I was really sad that you didn't because I told my friends you were in town and you didn't come and it made me look like a jerk or Mm. whatever. And then you're like, okay, I'm sorry. And I can't do everything. So Mm. I love you. And I'm sorry that you were disappointed, but I don't want it to be between us. I would rather have this quick conversation than spend the next six weeks feeling some weirdness between us that we could just handle mm-hmm. right now. Because here's the thing, Laura, and you know this, it's okay that people don't like everything that we do. It's okay to choose what we want to do. We make sacrifices and compromises mindfully when we so choose, but we cannot be people pleasers and suffer from the disease to please and create our best lives. I promise you that disordered boundaries in this way, this becomes the inadvertent glass ceiling for ourselves of how successful we can be because it brings us down because in that part of our lives, we're not being authentic. And even if it's only this much, but we're not. And so part of it is seeing every opportunity that you have to talk true, to be honest, to just ask questions, to say what you see, to say, I know, mom, you're disappointed that I'm not going to do this, but I have a big presentation the next day. So I'll see you Sunday. Okay. And And I'm sorry that I can't do it all, but I can't. And I know myself and I know that I need to sleep and I know that I need to prepare. So I appreciate you trying to understand because maybe they don't, but I would appreciate them trying to understand. And then all of that bandwidth that we're walking on eggshells, like my motto is like no more eggshells anywhere. No more, nobody, nobody, just no more eggshells because it's, it's not living. It's being like a spy right? It's like we see everything that's happening in the room. We notice the subtle, I mean, I do the subtle changes in someone's expression. And then I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, wait, is that a problem? What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) What do I I need to do to stop that from happening? Yes. And to reel back, because so many of your listeners, I know for sure, are empaths and highly sensitive people, Mm -hmm. creative types, entrepreneurs. It's like, this really is our superpower but only if we have healthy boundaries. Only if you are a boundary boss is your empathic nature, your superpower. Because if not, everyone gets a piece of you and you're left depleted and exhausted. So good. Well, I'm going to be having a conversation or three. And I am. It's crazy how if anybody is like kind of in the, the more work that you do with this, the more you almost clean it up so much that it becomes such like a crazy waving red flag or this prod that's poking you that you just want to keep it clean because I feel so free in every other area of my life. And we'll kind of end on this thought. I would love to hear a little bit about, I truly feel like boundaries make room for your dream, for your blessing, for the relationships you actually want. 
so many people right now think it's either a discipline problem or a life being too chaotic and busy problem, or, you know, the reason why they can't go for the thing that they want to go for, because they have no time or energy. That's a huge one. I have no energy. And I'm like, it's because you have 27 windows open about all of the things that you're resentful about, or Mm -hmm. that you, you need to fix or whatever that looks like, looks like. So is there anything in your book that can kind of talk about how boundaries make room? Or is there anything you want to leave people with? Just the thought that there's nothing wrong with you and mm. you wouldn't feel bad about yourself if you couldn't be fluent in French because you really wanted to be. You would know you needed to learn. You would know you needed to start small. This is the exact same thing. So I really feel like I've brought it down to super bite-sized steps to take. I have a gift for your audience mm. where about codependency because even if you don't think you're a codependent, I promise you, you probably are a high-functioning codependent, as I renamed it. So you can get that at boundaryboss.me forward slash happy. And you guys can do this. That's what I leave you with, is that what you think, how you feel, what you want, like your deepest heart's desire matters. Mm. And this skill is the one that will get you there if you're not there. I promise you, this is the one that you need. And you can do it. I've taught thousands of women all over the world and you can do it. Boundary boss, go get it. One of the biggest gifts that you can do for our guest is to go and purchase your book. So, because this is, I swear by boundaries. It's literally everything. I fully, 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 everything that you just said about, you know, this is the the one thing that if you do this, it will truly, it will rock your world. It will change your life. It, you will have the relationships that you want. You'll have the room for everything. You'll feel so free just to move about energetically in the world. You'll get to speak your mind. It's incredible. So where's the best spot for us to get your book? Go to boundarybossbook.com because I also have a lot of really juicy, amazing gifts for you. And I think I probably have the quiz on that page too, but if not, boundaryquiz.com and then where you have the free gift, which is boundaryboss.me forward slash happy. You're so amazing. I'm so grateful for this conversation. I love, love, love that you literally just have gone down every rabbit hole of the layers of boundaries. And I can tell that your book is going to be such a, an actionable thing that we can do. I'm so excited. I'm getting your book and I can't wait to actually sounds like a workbook as well, which is so cool. This work is incredible. I adore you. You're amazing. One of the biggest things that you can do, like I said, is go get the book. But also, I love to have you see who listened and got major takeaways from you. So what is your Instagram handle? Just at Terry Cole, T-E-R-R-I-C-O-L-E. Amazing. So you guys, as always, tag her and tag myself and let her know what your biggest takeaway was. Maybe there's a conversation that you need to have right now. Let her know how much she helped. And until next time, everyone, earn your happy. Bye-bye. Do you know what the big secret is this year? And it shouldn't be a secret because this should be your biggest focus. It is building your community. I am always working on building and nurturing my community and everyone is talking about the power of community. Without an online community, you just cannot grow organically or create a real movement, which is what I know that we're all after. And you can build trust, 
or monetize your audience. When you get community right, not only does your audience grow faster, but so do your sales. But where's everybody gonna be managing their communities these days? And a lot of online entrepreneurs and thought leaders are turning to circle.so. Circle is an all-in-one community platform. It lets you host content and create discussions, live streams, group chats, and memberships all under your own brand. And what's so cool about Circle.so is that you don't even need a website or Facebook group. Instead, Circle lets you build your own community site where you can host content and manage your members. You can even create locked and unlocked content spaces, groups, and classes. How freaking cool is that? You can put your content behind a paywall too, and you can charge different amounts of money for different spaces on your community site. Circle.so is famously easy to use, and it has a free 14-day trial for you, so you can go check it out, see if you like it, see if you love all the options. Just go to circle.so. Go check it out right now, you guys. Imagine being able to manage your community, start group chats and live classes, and accept payments all in one place. Kind of mind-blowing since this is usually spread all over the place. You have to log into so many different things. If this is the year to capture, organize, and monetize your community, head over to circle.so. You can get a free trial and start building your online community right now. Just go to circle.so. You guys, you get the 14-day free trial. So just go and see if it's for you. It's going to streamline everything and make your life so much easier. It's so freaking cool. Hey all, I'm so excited to share with you, Earn Your Happy is now part of Growth Day Podcast Network. A bunch of us are coming together to bring more growth to the world and support shows and brands that we truly believe in. And one of my friends is also on the network and I'd love for you to go subscribe to his show. You guys, Trent Shelton has the most incredible podcast. It's called Straight Up with Trent Shelton. And it's going to remind you that you are built for this. I have heard Trent speak in person multiple times. I've listened to his podcast a ton. He's coming on the show and I literally cannot wait because this man just spits straight fire. It is like truth that goes to your core and makes you take action right away. If you want one of those podcasts that when you're just out on a walk, you can't help but want to start running and run through a wall in your life, this is the show to go listen to. So you guys make sure that you go subscribe to the show straight up with Trent Shelton. You're going to love it. Want to know a huge secret to my success? Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about, or they just forget. 
That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement, and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal, and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time, and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't, and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our lives. It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthdate.com slash Lori.